Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glasser coming right back out to you from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football game source and everybody out there we truly appreciate everyone out there listen all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you can like subscribe and we got 400 subscribers thank you let's shoot for five let's do five let's get 500 but thank you so much do some shorts yeah exactly let's everybody (laughs) out there thank you so much as always for subscribing to our youtube channel and please if you haven't already please go ahead and do so because you can be a part of all the fun here and you get the latest notifications when we go live on the air with the latest lakers fast break podcast also, as well, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, and do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Of course, the great folks, go ahead and check out what we're doing today at LakersBall.com with Ox1947 roaming all around LakersBall.com. Plus, if you want your lawn transformed into something much more beautiful than it is today, please check us out at Simblaze.com. Plus, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. Of course, the number one Lakers blogger, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet. They're hanging out at Lakerholics.com. Plus, also as well, if you really want some good YouTube viewing, go ahead and check out the live streams that John McCallion has waiting for you right there at the John McCallion channel. Subscribe today. You'll be glad you did. Plus, our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And a big announcement for everyone out there. I said before that you can follow us on Twitter, you can follow us on Twitch, Facebook, of course here on YouTube, and also as well on Instagram at Lakers Fast Break. You can now follow all that we're doing today at Courtside Lakers on Instagram. You can go ahead and follow us there and we'll go ahead and update you on what's going on with the Lakers Fast Break each and every time out. And welcome to the Courtside Lakers audience. If you get a chance, please go ahead. Come on. It's okay. We like you. Come on down. We love the Lakers too. Nobody covers the Lakers better than the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. So if you could do all that and you can support all that, it is so much appreciated. Well, coming off the debacle in Dallas on Christmas Day, 51 points in the third quarter, a historic 
achievement or low, I should say, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Coming off the sting of that loss, things couldn't get much worse as the Lakers head out to Florida, to the Magic Kingdom, to face off against the Orlando Magic. But as I've always said, this Lakers team is best when they are pushing the ball, when they're setting the pace, transition, transition, transition. And they did that today as Joe Soro and John McCallion are trying to go ahead and mess me up in my intro. But that's okay. That's fine by me. But I will say that the Lakers with Why are you so close? Who? You? (laughs) Everyone. Hey, I I don't know what you're saying here, Joe. (laughs) Too close? What are you talking about? I feel like Charlie Charlie Sheen and Hot Shots. All right, I can go back. I'll go back and change it out to this This, one. I can change it. Better. Yeah, but Sean is getting messed up right there. So I'm going to have to go ahead and change a little bit. But the Lakers, with, again, <laughs> fast break, fast break, good, strong first half, 65 point, led by 10 at the half, and faced off against the Orlando Magic. And despite uh, some okay play in the third quarter, they still got outscored by one. But for us, that's a big improvement. No 50 pointers this time. The Lakers cruised to a 129-110 victory with a strong fourth quarter, a way to close out the game, 37 points in the fourth quarter, transition, transition, transition. LeBron James, even though it was 0 for 7 from 3, still scored 28 points, 7 rebounds. Thomas Bryant, a strong game with 21 points and 10 rebounds. Also, so i got to note that Russell Westbrook did get a a triple-double with 15 points, 12 rebounds, and 13 assists. Really solid game. Troy Brown Jr., one of his best games as a Lakers at 15 points with three out of four from behind the arc. Austin Reeves chipped in with eight. Lonnie Walker chipped in with 10. Dennis Schroeder chipped in with seven. Patrick Beverly, everybody's much maligned. Patrick Beverly, four out of 10 from three with 14 points. And the Lakers, again, pulled away 129 to 110. Truly a strong performance. Like Joe Sower was saying at our live watch party, it was actually a great time. We had five of us there hosting. We had a lot of big, great people watching. Big shout-out to D-Jack and Dream and everybody else that was watching. Shout-out to you. Fast break points. Really, it, it just the transition, it really worked out for the Lakers. Just kept the pace up, kept the scoring up, shooting 54% for the game and almost 40% from behind the arc. Really strong and 82% at the free throw line. Really, really good shooting today. But here today to start us off, first man up, first man here. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Symbolades, Symbolades with a Y.com and LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. Joe, <laughs> I like the fact that the, the, <laughs> the banner has been changed out by Joe himself. I wanted to go ahead and thank so much to everybody for watching and listening. we got a great chat that started already. Z, Blue Magic, Kenneth Stone, great to have you here. Also as well, got to say Terrence Harvey, got to appreciate He was the first man here in our chat. Thanks so much. Joe, really, really good-looking game, really solid game against a team that's actually been playing pretty well these past couple weeks. Well, Kenneth Stone seems to be unimpressed. Uh, I'm sorry that I've infected Kenneth in the negatory category, but (laughs) Kenneth, and that's such a great name to alert because it's just, it's, it just spews just elegance. Kenneth, you know, what's the frequency Kenneth, Kenneth? right? 
Uh, REM reference there. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> is it is it safe to say that one third of the NBA is lousy? Yes. Okay. You're gonna play. 25 of those games against lousy teams. Now, where this works is the Lakers had no issues for 48 minutes. There was never a spot in this game where you're like, oh, my God, right? And they're in Orlando, and they're on the first leg of the Florida trip, which usually means they don't really – do well there. This is, it's too much jet lag. There's too much. It's in the middle of, you know, New Year's and 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 and, uh, and and Christmas. And they went in there, and luckily it was Orlando who was drunk or hung over from eggnog. Lakers seem to be focused to play, and I guess that's probably why we're giggling and happy because usually this is when they fold. They fold in these moments. Mm-hmm. You can't say that Orlando wasn't. Atlanta had won eight out of nine games, and they beat some good teams. And the fact that you went there and beat them, and pretty much had it wire to wire. Hey, guys, we've we've said we, we're going to keep saying this. We're going to commentate and analyze what we watch. When you play well, you will be commended. You play bad, you will get destroyed. Lakers played well tonight. I don't know what happened to Orlando other than, you know, the hangover, I'd say. And here we are. We're, we're celebrating a win after some really, really, really bad losses. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to absorb this in a positive way. You know, and that's the way you should. Because, again, this was a very strong outing. Came after a bad performance, you know, and, and really just we need to take that in. I understand that Z and Kenneth stone they're not impressed by what went on today but i'm taking anything out of any type of positive i'm not trying to be laker tom positive mind you but I, i'm taking some good out of it but here also today to go ahead and talk about today's game good man indeed you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today right for us here at the lakers fast break it's the madman from toronto the magic man the guy can, just cannot get out of toronto traffic especially on boxing day it is a good man indeed it is the magic man sean grice sean great to have you here my friend Always appreciate everything that you do for us. You were great on the live watch party. You, big shout out to Nick Molina, always for helping out with the live watch parties. So your thoughts, Lakers, after the debacle in Dallas, I'm taking it as a positive. I understand it's against Orlando. They're not world beaters, but they've been playing well. And when you beat a team playing well, to me, that, that counts for at least something. 100% 100% Gerald, uh, and when I'm on with a league of extraordinary gentlemen, there has to be a consensus. So the consensus is that, you know, a win's a win, any way you can get it. And I will say this to Mr. Kenneth Stone, who I respect greatly. Yeah, the, welcome back anytime, Lakers, Kenneth. Come on the show, man. The Lakers uh, didn't allow Orlando a 30-point quarter. They held them under 30 points for all four quarters. Without Anthony Davis, there's nothing short of a small miracle. 
I don't care who you're playing. They should hang their hats on this win. It was a good win. They won wire to wire. Um, they outplayed them. They shot better than them. They were plus 21 in the three-point category. Orlando made 10. We made 17. They out-rebounded the Orlando Magic with a, f- a front court of Bull Bull, uh, Bancaro, Wendell Carter. That's that's something to hang your hat on. Yeah, absolutely. They got a ton of big guys that they can throw out to 6'9 and taller. So it really makes sense for the Lakers to go ahead and, uh, you know, it, it's an accomplishment that they held themselves on the board, especially the fact that they're one of the worst defensive rebounding teams in the NBA. So mm-hmm. I think that's a credit to how they played with effort. I think they were embarrassed in Dallas, and I think it showed in today's game. But also here to go ahead and talk about today's game, good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out his YouTube channel. Please subscribe today to the John McCallion channel. It is John McCallion. Great to have you here, my friend. Great to see you in the live watch party. Hint, hint to everybody out there. We have uh, watch parties that are really kicking ass lately. So hopefully everybody can go ahead. And uh, I said, yeah, well, I know. But uh, John. Playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Yeah, exactly. Joe was just surprised I said ass on uh, on YouTube. But <laughs> I will say that, again, it's it's been really a fun time. We had a really great crowd today. But your thoughts on today's game. Do you take today's game as a positive? Honestly, no. Uh, I mean, uh, Z and Kenneth, there you go. One for your side. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to say they were supposed to win this game, but also they weren't supposed to lose to Dallas the way they did on Sunday. Um, you know, it's a win, a win is a win. So I'll take it. But at the same time, uh, this is not something that, you know, they should say, hey, we're a good team now because we beat the Orlando Magic. Yeah, the Orlando, you know, they're they've won the eight or the last eight out of nine games, but at the same time, you know, they're not a veteran team. They're a young team that's still trying to, you know, find their way. But um, you know, the Lakers have they have to put some wins together. Um, you know, and you know, one of the things that we talked about during the the stream, during the playback stream, was that uh, that pissed me off was that AD was out there celebrating. He didn't look like a guy that had a foot injury, or at least not a guy that hasn't played for two weeks. So uh, I don't know what's going on with AD. I don't know if Rob's trying to save him for the for the tail end of the season or for the uh, for the playoffs. But uh, we need to get him back out there. Maybe it's a maybe it's a a, a something for the new year. <laughs> I pledge to go ahead and uh, you know lose weight for myself and uh, for Rob Palenka. I pledge to go ahead and play Anthony Davis in the new year. How about that? Yeah. How about how about taking your face off a milk carton and 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 <laughs> yeah, show up. Yeah, exactly. You know, Yami Swoot. Yami Swoot is in the house. Also, I, mis- to I misunderstood Sean. I misunderstood Sean. I thought he was like you know like FBI no, is most wanted, no. but he means missing children. I... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My bad. Right here. Uh, yes. He and Rob Palinka. Go out and commit serious crimes. Get yourself on a milk carton. But also here today to talk about today's game. Good man indeed. You got to catch him as Yami Swoot right there for his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. It is Jamie Sweet. Jamie, really solid game. Okay. The consensus here in the board on the panel is three to one that the Lakers can take at least something out of positive out of today's game. Our chat room with Z, Kenneth Stone, and others saying that, you know what, they're really not putting any stock into today's game. 
I think there should at least it's positive. Again, John said it, even though he was against us, that you know, hey, you know, the the win streak has to start somewhere. Will it start with this? Uh, mm, I don't know. We're gonna have to come out with a really great game plan, Sans AD against Miami um, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> you know. I guess that, you know, LeBron got some fourth quarter rest the last minute and 50 seconds there or whatever that ended up being. So that's clutch. Uh, You know, I listen. Head out to the beach for that one. This, well, I mean, I will say this, even though it's tomorrow, there is no travel, right? They're taking a bus tomorrow down to Miami or a quick flight or whatever they're going to do from Orlando to Miami. And that's not, that's, that's fine. Um, In fact, they're probably, if LeBron's, uh, you know, if LeBron's smart, he won't take a, the team down to Miami tonight. He'll he'll say like we're celebrating tomorrow after we win in Miami, so that they uh, everybody gets good rest tonight and doesn't go enjoy the uh, Miami nightlife, as they like to say. What would they celebrate though? They're still you know five or what eight games. Nah, listen, 500? a team like this. No, a team like this has to, <laughs> every win. Every win is important to a team like this. All these guys, all these never done nothing guys, all these guys on vet minimum deals. Back you know, who maybe back. would make more if the league had a little bit more fair of a salary balance structure, stuff like that. It's important to them because this is how they're going to make money next summer. That's This is how guys like Thomas Bryant and guys like Troy Brown Jr., you're going to be able to point to games like this uh, or look at games like this and say, oh, look, you know, with a major role, with the right kind of environment, these guys can't produce at the NBA level and maybe go out and earn an MLE somewhere. So from that standpoint, I think it's important. And honestly, this team just needs wins. I don't care if it's against, you know, some kids on a rec playground. Like, this team needs to put Ws in the win column, and I'll take every single one of them. Nobody's going to look back if we just barely make the play-in. People are going to look back at this win as a, an important one as a game that we didn't give away. We've given away at least four games this season that we could have won in the last few seconds at the free throw line. Three games at the free throw line. Five games, I think, where we just blew leads that were probably maintainable by any team if they just, like, maintained defensive focus and effort, and we did not. So, you know, chalk this one up as a, one you could have thrown away, right? Could have thrown this one away thinking, you know, Darvin Ham could have played LeBron or Russ less and he chose to go for the W. And I think that that was smart. Like this team, for some reason, this whole season has played like a team that like has a cushion or has like some sort of like secret stash of wins that they're going to like unveil at the end of the season and be like, ah, but you didn't think we had five more wins, did we? And it's going to make, no, you didn't have any more wins than the ones you won. What are you talking about? You're crazy. So that from that standpoint, like, I'll take all of these wins because whether you're quote unquote supposed to win or not in the NBA, you still got to go out and defend better and score better than the other team. And this Laker team has a high capacity to not do that. So I'll, I'll take it. I mean, is this like a foundational building block win that's going to establish our identity for the rest of the season and on beyond for a championship dynasty lasting decades? Of course not. Nobody should take that sort of momentum away from this win, but is it a nice way to break the road, the the losing streak, and like reestablish like some positive momentum on the road? Yeah, yeah, it is, and that's true for any NBA team that's down in the dumps. So, I'll take the win. I'll take the solid game triple double off the bench from Russ. I'll take Thomas Bryant looking like somebody who's going to earn a little bit more than the MLE next season. And uh, I, you know, 
it's a solid win. It's a solid win. Should they have won? Yeah, I guess. But like, we should have not won some of the games we wanted. We should have won some of the games we gave away. So that that debate to me is always kind of funny. Like, the wins are important at the end of the season, all of them. Every time somebody's like, "Oh, it's just preseason. It doesn't matter what your win loss record is," I disagree because it's that's a type of momentum. It's a type of foundational groundwork that has to be laid and like early in the season oh well, there's 82 games in the season these first 10 games don't really matter that's bs all of the games will count at the end of the season all 82 of them and so you want more wins and losses so it's a good win we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers with a victory today, 129 to 110, pulling away in the fourth quarter, looking very strong, truly happy for the performance of LeBron James. Got a lot of support today from several different players. I want to ask you to show when it comes I know that uh, we were talking about during the live watch party about the recent comments that were made by Bill Simmons uh, in his latest Bill Simmons podcast about Russell Westbrook being washed. I think uh, today is a tight performance, even though he had four turnovers, triple double. I think that's probably what the best you should expect about from Russell Westbrook. Nothing as far as a blowout, 20 to 30 points. Just get him a solid game where he can, can contribute at various different points as far as not only in the stats, but also as far as overall for team play. I really thought it was a, a good performance for Russell Westbrook today. I don't think he's washed, but I don't think, you know, obviously he's not the player he once was. Uh, that just seems like generic commentating. What is that? What is that supposed to solve by him saying he's washed and he's not better than he was? The issue with Russell Westbrook is is not about him not being as good as he was five years ago. Mm-hmm. The issue is in-game decision making, and indecision and those bad decisions are done. They should be done, I should say, for a for a veteran player. It's not like. He's trying to get past the guy and he can't anymore. He's making bad decisions that aren't forced in a lot of ways. Tonight was good, but we've, we've gone through this this year. He's obviously been better this year than he was last year. Uh, But the problem is he's not what this team needs. His team needs a mistake free 
player. And there's just too many veterans that make mistakes on this team. Uh, and he's the highest paid one to boot. Uh, the Lakers need to, I guess, continue to play this out. And then we'll, we'll enjoy the wins when we can get them and try to up the ratings when the losses come in. Cause it seems like that at least gets some entertainment value from, from it. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and 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 make light of some dumb comment that a guy in Bill Simmons's stature should should you know is is he that bored? Is is he not? Is is he, is he is he is it played out now? Is is it just easy to say? Oh well, he's washed out. Are, are we gonna? Is he gonna talk about who the best player is of all time? Like everybody else after a while, it's just lazy commentating, and someone should say that to him. I think there's not enough people talking common sense to guys like that. Like, what does that even mean? He's washed. Okay. So what does that mean? I just don't know what that means other than the fact that, like, does he retire? No. He can still play. But if he had if, – if, if he's somebody that's actually watching the games and not seeing the highlights or watching only the TNT games, maybe he might see what we're seeing, which is a player that still makes very, very bad decisions – in crucial times of the game. And on occasion, we'll get lucky where Darvin Ham won't play him in close games, and we happen to always seem to win those games, right? If you're talking in those details, now I know you're watching the game. Now I know you're paying attention. Instead, you get on and you're like, he's washed. Oh, okay, what's next? Uh, Michael Jordan's retired? Michael Jordan's not as good as he was in 1998? Yeah, probably, because he's in his mid-50s. It's just, it's just, just a waste of, waste of air at this point. Kenneth Stone says, "Shake my head." The Lakers mentality that boggles my mind because the Lakers play different slash make high mistakes against great teams they could beat, but against poor teams they play as back-to-back champions. Uh, I mean, sometimes it works the other way around with teams where they just lose the focus and beat, don't beat the teams that they should. John, did you want to care to comment on what Kenneth Stone was talking about right there? Uh, yeah, because um, it seems like they play the games with a lot of emotion. For example, I would love to say today, today's, you know, a win is a win, but at the same time, yeah. it was it was highly fueled by the fact that they got, you know, their asses handed to them on Sunday against Dallas. Um, so I want to see how they come out tomorrow. They're going to be a little bit tired because they play today. It's a back-to-back, but, you know. It's not to... within 24 hours like last week. It's actually 25 hours this time. Oh, wow, so they get an extra hour <laughs> 24 of 24 and a half to be exact. <laughs> I hope they're not flying with Fluid Southwest. They might not get there in time. This is true. Um... <laughs> I know that all too well since my flight was canceled. I'm still stuck Dang. here in Las Vegas. Yeah, at the, at the, 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 the arena formerly known as the FTX Center. It still yeah. says FTX Arena on there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's still so weird. Fast. I How... thought they were going to remove it. It's still there. <laughs> that takes time and someone else's idiotic money. Idiotic branding. Uh, that takes the cake. Uh, yeah. Um, any, any else thoughts on that? I mean, I, I wanted to talk about the Bill Simmons comment. Uh, sure. Honestly, Bill Simmons is a well documented Celtics fan. And the only reason why he's, he's making comments about the Lakers now is that his Celtics are good. When his Celtics were bad, he, he didn't make any comments about the Lakers. So, you know, I guess he's feeling ballsy now. Yep, absolutely. I mean, his, his team is actually playing very well, but it takes a real 
uh, analyst or somebody that really sees the game that can also compliment <laughs> the, the team, but not bash, you know, the other, their arch rival. It, it was Simmons. It was like just allowed, you know, he got off on his, his gimmick columns that people were really enjoying and thought he was funny and thought he was entertaining, you know, but to give him all the credit in the world, he's got a multimedia empire. I mean, Sean, I mean, as much as we'd like to say that he's, you know, uh, uh, like and all this and all that, he, you know, he does have the ringer, he does have, uh, you know, his his empire that he has. But again, he's still sometimes his his Boston love just shows out too much. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Gerald. I mean, you could say the same thing about Barstool Sports and uh, the trash takes that Dave Portno has. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, you got to in his stature, you would say you would hope he would be more impartial. A hundred percent. Yeah. So especially, uh, you know, given his background, given that, um, you know, he, he, he came from humble beginnings. He also, uh, you know, Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe both started out in basically the blog, the blogosphere. Um, Simmons had his, his, um, I think it was page two, if I'm not mistaken. That's where, yeah, that's where he got kind of got its start as a blogger and uh zach Lowe, of course was on off of celtics pride so uh at any time simmons could could uh, get zach Lowe hitched to his wagon he would do that um but yeah you would think for the the amount of uh evaluation that both companies um are you know netted uh you would get more of a you know an un, maybe an maybe not unbiased, but more of a, a polished kind of approach uh, to these uh, situations. But no, he go like John was saying, he goes, he goes full ham um, as a hater. And, you know, for, for a guy who, who, you know, he, I could go on and on about this guy and his, his garbage disposal takes that he has. <laughs> about the NBA, but, uh, you, you know, <laughs> that one in particular, it, you know, it's interesting when, when, when somebody, it, it's like, it's like when you're looking at a great work of art and maybe you're not a fan of the artist. So every little imperfection that you see, you decide you're going to exaggerate. And I think that's what Simmons does with Russ is, you know, Russ Russ's pure intensity and his just drive, a lot of that is gone. So, you know, the turnovers are more pronounced. His mistakes are more pronounced. So it's easy to focus on those imperfections now that they're they're a little bigger on the page. But to me, Russ is the same guy he was five years ago. It's just he's he's a little slower. He's a little older. And, you know, the drive isn't there like it once was, but that's not to say he's washed. No, can, can I can I ask sure. you guys something? Sure. Question to the panel: um, Do you think that Westbrook looks looks quote unquote washed because he's playing with LeBron and the, the offense isn't running through him? I, I think, think a lot I, is being asked of him right now. You know, since he's come I, over to the Lakers, I think the same problems that playing Russ's game, playing LeBron's game, and that's the roster wasn't constructed for either one to be successful. Right. That That's both LeBron and Russ 
need to be surrounded with shooters. And in Russ's case, he needs to be surrounded with like a Steven Adams elite screen and roll band. And if he doesn't have those things in his, on his squad uh, and Thomas Bryant, I think is potentially even better just because AD likes to do a lot with the ball. This isn't a knock on AD's skill set. It's more a knock on that, or it's more just that Thomas Bryant has a simpler job. Less is being asked of Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant as a role man on this team is excellent for us because he has that little 10 foot pick and pop game. He ha- he can take it to the rim and finish at the rim and not like, you know, get a shot blocked as often as some of our other guys do. And if he like floats out to the three point line, if they do the screen and roll action out there, he can pick a pop for three. So, and he doesn't, again, not a lot is being asked of Thomas Bryant. I'm not trying to say that Thomas Bryant is better than basketball at AD, but Russ needs a team that functions around him. And LeBron needs a team that clears out of the way and gives him the most real estate in the middle of the, in the middle of the floor. And Russ does well with that as well. Uh, and so neither one has the team they need. Neither one has shooters. Neither one has, you know, we're, we're seeing every once in a while, a guy can be a good screen and roll guy. And I think that that's what unlocked AD is when he and the two man game that we thought we would get to see with Russ, I'm sorry, with LeBron and AD never really materialized. And I think the reason for that is that a LeBron doesn't want to drive hard to the rim anymore. He's too afraid that he's going to get his feet knocked out from under him. That he's going to land on somebody's foot that he's going to like, ruin the rest of the season by driving hard to the rim in the regular season. Well, and I can, I can appreciate and, and, that. Well, you say that, and he had a game like in Dallas where he shot 12 for 12 for the line and he was driving pretty well to the line. Yeah, and but that it, was, that was on, a, that was ABC on Christmas against Luka Doncic on the beginning of a road trip we needed to win. I mean, I'm not disagreeing, but like I, the reason he broke out that game at that time is him losing his shoe. On that final right. position against Charlotte, perfect example. He didn't want to drive hard. He did not want to drive hard. He was trying to like stop it. Exactly, Sean. That's an excellent point. Wow. Sorry. Okay. Sorry no, that's okay. No. I just wanted to uh, say that that's fine. That's that's. I, I I say, as I argued with the guy who was here on our last show because he called him LaFraud, and I'm like. If you do it on the basis of when he has one of those games where where he just makes mistakes, I get that. That's fine, but you know, there's no way that you could you could put the the loss on LeBron on uh, on Christmas because yeah, yeah. he did everything that you needed him to do. It was the the rest of the team let him down, especially on the defensive end of that third quarter. So I'm hoping that the Lakers can take something from this game, a positive mentality, because. You know, in the first half, they were actually pretty good on the defensive side as well. <laughs> yes, they were. Um, and and somebody like uh, Austin Reeves, if you look at uh, his box score tonight, if he could play like that consistently, that that's the essence of who he is as a basketball player. He could be your second or third best player. He had eight points, five assists, three rebounds. He was very active. Um, you know, it's just a shame that night in, night out, because of Russ's inconsistency, that somehow Austin Reeves ends up being the second or third best player on the Lakers. And th- for people to say that, that that it, it says more about your ineptitude and your and your uh, basically your morons. Um, than it does about Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is a very is a very good basketball player. 
He needs a little bit more seasoning, but that's exactly the kind of a player you want to uh, have on your franchise. He's smart. He normally makes the right decisions. He's as efficient as he tries to be. If he's not shooting or scoring, he tries to rebound a lot harder or play defense a lot harder. Um, And, you know, it's unfortunate, but for God's sakes, I mean, this is this is what we're talking about at this point. If LeBron isn't scoring 35 points a game and nobody else is willing to score at least, I don't know, 12, 15, come on, gentlemen. It, it's just, it's, it's a lost, it's a lost cause out there because it, it, it just seems that, you know, LeBron isn't the kind of guy, uh, point guard, out there who would lose necessarily trust in you. But if you're not playing up to his expectations, I mean, just forget about getting the ball at any point in time. Just forget it. You're welcome, Joe. Not like I'm busy doing anything, but just running the show and producing all behind the scenes. So not like pulling, I'm doing Are anything. you pulling levers and pushing buttons yeah. back there? Yeah, and I'm Come trying on. to share this out to all of our Facebook groups and pages. And and, and I'd like to, to the, uh, the I'd chat. like to, I'd I'd like to respond. Not like to I'm some, doing anything. I'd like to respond to something uh, Zangerstein said. He Go he ahead, was basi- he basically said that you know Palinka once said it is a guards league. And uh, that's true. He did say that. Strangle him. But um, you also have to remember something about Rob Polinka. It's hard to strangle somebody you can't even see. Not with, notwithstanding his previous his previous job experience. um, Gerald said it best a couple nights ago. He has no feel for the position of being a GM and executive. He has no feel for it. He doesn't really understand what he's looking for. And even if he did, I don't think he would be able to uh, fully comprehend exactly what kind of team you want to put around AD AD and LeBron. He, he remember he keeps, he keeps circling the wagons on the same guys, the same ones before, before we even did the trade. There was talk that we were going to get Buddy Heald um, from the Kings, and we're going to trade Harold and uh, KCP. Well, when the trade finally consummated itself uh, during last year and during this past summer, who whose name was linked to the Lakers again? It was Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald's name. Miles Turner was linked to the Lakers before the rush trade. His name is linked again. It's always the same guys with this person. Either um, players he's had a previous relationship with as an agent or or who he scouted necessarily. But it's nobody – It's you rarely hear about a, a talent that he hasn't been uh, either peripherally attached to or directly attached to. So this man just has – he's just – it's almost like he's he's a blind man. Uh, among- let, me just say, let me just say this, Sean. Let me just say this because uh, Kenneth Stone said in the chat that we should be respectful because he he had Kobe as his client, and uh, I'm not. 
This is not who he was uh, working with as an agent. This is based on his talent, talent evaluations since the bubble. Since the Lakers won the championship, he has done an absolutely piss-poor job of talent evaluations at the pro level when it concerns any signings, any trades, and evaluations of the salary cap by allowing $47 million to be plugged up by Russell Westbrook, who he gave superlatives to, who he said was uh, still a decent player in the league and still can contribute, but for $47 million plugging up your salary cap, it really makes quite a difference. So it just... It kind of it kind of gets me the wrong way, Kenneth. We love you, man. We love having you part of the show, but and we understand he will always be part of that Kobe part of his life, and we understand we get that part, and we always respect him for that part. But he is he's the GM and the president of basketball operations. This is a completely different thing that we're talking about. Yeah, Joe, I, I, you're part of the. You are the Rob Palenka biggest fan out there. In fact, he often visits your house. So you tell me, I mean, am I wrong in saying that, you know what, we have to disassociate his time with Kobe to his time running this team. I, I don't, I, it, that, that relationship with Kobe is, it's always going to puzzle me. My only explanation is, Rob Palenka was the ultimate ass kisser. <laughs> he was around. I, I didn't hear you. Can you say that again? Yeah, ass. Uh, 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 <laughs> the theme tonight is ass. Might as well. Put it there. Charlie, I, I really believe. Charlie. I really. I. 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 I will. I will take this to the to the top. That Rob was that guy that catered to Kobe so much that Kobe. I'm not saying he got tricked, but he was just so accommodating and so full of sh- the, the most charming per people in the world can be the most and, hypnotic. And maybe Kobe knew he was full of, <clears throat> but he's like, you know what? Sometimes you got to get a sleaze ball in there somewhere. You know, that happens sometimes. It's true. Sometimes you need that sleaze guy. To Kenneth that. says this is blasphemy. Oh, and no, 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 no. This what is, happened? This says is, that this is blasphemy. As there are no the, sacred cows on this show. What? Well, I, again, we're, just, we're, we're, we're appreciative of his time working with Kobe and helping him maintain his contract and his life with the Lakers. But this is based off of Rob Palenka. Yeah. Now yeah, not, the GM. Yeah, He's done not... a horrible job. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Kenneth is joking. I hope is so. it the manus from above thing, you know, with the blasphemy. Yeah, we're not trying to take the piss out of out of out of Rob's relationship with Kobe. It's it's taking the piss out of what he's done to our team. That that that's what this situation is. Um, when you got eighty five percent of the roster already tied i mean the the salary cap already tied up in three players it makes it hard to make those kind of adjustments yes yeah but yes. who chose to do who, who chose, to, chose to do that and then who also didn't push back on the owner to spend more after that and to build the proper team around those three guys like okay let's just for a second absolve rob Polinka completely of the russell westbrook trade and say <laughs> it's not your fault it's not your fault. It's LeBron's fault. It's not your fault. 
Does anybody know what movie I'm quoting? Am I going to cry now in your, in your arms? <laughs> Thank, you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Uh, and it's not your fault. Um, but uh, after that, when you chose THT over Caruso and then chose not to retain Caruso and cheaped out because the owner wanted to cheap out and didn't push back, I have no doubt in my mind that Jerry West would have thrown five of those NBA trophies off of Jeannie's window onto the practice court from her office through the window to get her to sign Caruso to make yeah. her understand that, yeah, I know it's $30 million this year. We'll, we'll, we'll cut some, we'll, we'll make, we will, if we win, you're getting that $30 million back. Right. Rob doesn't have the cojones to stand up to ownership. Rob doesn't have the intelligence to retain the talent that is essential to winning championship. And those are my issues with Rob Poinka. He's got great hair. I think he's got great workout habits. And he got really lucky his first year on the job. Those are all wonderful traits. Since then, he has shown no inclination towards understanding what it takes to build a winning team. I have no doubt he thinks he signed three great players. And he has. He did. Or signed two, traded for one. Real inherited one. Nothing. He didn't get any of those great players. That was magic. (laughs) Well, and... and and also, also point out that um, being being a GM and being an executive today in the NBA is very is very different than what it was twenty years ago. You yeah. can't just you can't just go to Illinois, Iowa, Idaho, Maryland, and scout. No, you have to go to Lithuania. You have to go to Brazil. You have to right. go to Australia, and that and. Uh, Again, Gerald, that is something that Rob Polinka has proven himself not to be adept at. Not to be, a, and this is the one. This is one part of the criticism of of Magic Johnson that he made that should be coming back onto him. He was the one who was saying that Irvin wasn't the one at the office at nine a.m. or Irvin Irvin would leave early or Irvin didn't do this. And well, what are you doing, Rob? You're not you're not out in front of this. You're not tra- you're not traveling to the FIBA FIBA World Championships. You're not traveling to Europe to check out um, international players. Yeah, you go to Vegas and see Wembayana when everybody else does. But you know it, it's just those little things. It's the little things today that kind of separate the like. Being an NBA executive now is a twenty four seven job. You there are no breaks anymore. It's not like it was it was twenty five years ago. Well, because the league they want to go in and stress that they're a 10, 11 month league where it's so active for virtually the entire year. John, I mean, and I of course this always ends up being lately a front office bashing session as we've done for many weeks now. <laughs> I mean, if somebody wants to come on the show and defend the front office, they're more than welcome to. I, I invite them. I encourage them to come on this. But it, when you see the results, the results are there on the court. The results are there, have been there as far as declining values, declining returns since the Lakers won in the bubble. And are we wrong in saying this, that, that it should be an organizational problem and it starts at the very top? No, we're absolutely right. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of piggyback off of what um, Sean said, uh, the Lakers have a scouting department, and they've done really well. So, you know, Travis will let them win in overseas and all that stuff to do scouting. It'll be nice, but 
I don't, I don't really, I'm not going to hold that against Rob for me. I, 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 I just wish he would stop signing, uh, like players like Mac, Max Christie or THT to short-term contracts or basically trading away assets. His, um, he's proven that he's not able to uh, retain, retain talent. And, and this is, uh, this is, um, uh, by the way, I hear an echo. I don't know if someone's yeah. not wearing headphones or. I okay. know you're bouncing off of uh let me go ahead, keep talking, I'll I'll find it. Go ahead. Okay. Um it's gone, I think. Yeah. Um I, I don't know, I, I just I just wish he'd 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 focus more on because cause the thing is he's he's a GM who's thinking like a like a uh like an agent. You know, it's all about signing the next guy instead of instead of figuring out like how to sign uh, you know, young talented players to long term contracts and usually using those as trade assets. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see it changing, unfortunately. Well, you see the teams that they're out there that have nice. Uh, they have a nice roster of young players, like in New Orleans, okay, Oklahoma see. City. Yeah, you see, and plus they've got a plethora of picks. Their ability to go ahead and transform their franchise is there. It's there for many years. They can go ahead and become an instant contender anytime they choose to. If they get Victor Wembyama. Usually, and they've got a, all those assets that they have. They're they're tremendous opportunity awaits them, or New Orleans, or a couple of the other teams that really have done well with what they have for the future. The Lakers don't have that kind of stockpile, and you mentioned it best, John, where the Lakers have drafted with the buses and their whole scouting department have drafted extremely well. They've been able to scout talent. The problem is, as Jamie would tell you, that especially in the great, second round. Yeah, that great talent of rotational players than the NBA are playing for other teams in the league. They're not playing for the Lakers. So it's funny because we, you know, today, Mo Wagner. Right. We've been more patient with Mo Wagner. He, you know, of course, he, he's, he started. He shouldn't be a starter, but he, at least he's playing and contributing on an NBA team. We go to Washington. We go to other teams where you see Laker players that could have stayed on a roster and been rotational players. And that's a problem. I think that we keep just letting these players go. And I think that starts again right with the front office. I agree. Uh, Jamie? No, yeah. If I had a hammer and a nail, you'd be hitting it on the head. So, you know, I I, I mean, I'm in my garage. I could actually go get that if everybody that's wants That's okay. To. I'll run. <laughs> no, no. I could go get it if everybody wants me to. All right. I'll, you just stay there. I'm sure I'll, Dustin I'll wants you to. I'm getting it. I got to go catch <laughs> a Southwest flight. Good luck. Oh, so next week? Cool. Good luck with that. Uh, You know, listen, I mean, this is a well-documented, you know, we're not the only ones here on the show saying this. Go out in the internet world and a lot of people are saying that there's an issue with the the talent retention. Fire Rob Palenka trends for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, he's not going to get fired. He just got extended. So we're living with this. It's always trending for a reason. Well, yeah, no, I agree. I would Listen, I, I'd be the first one to be happy, but I also have to deal in reality because my brain won't let me deal otherwise. And so the reality is, is that after signing, what was it, a four-year extension this year uh, wow. that kicks in after this summer, so it winds up with Ham's contract or something like that. His deal winds up with Ham's deal so that they both would th- theoretically end at the same time. Um, so, you know, this is uh, the only thing is if we finish absolutely last in the league. If we finish absolutely last in the league, maybe, right? Maybe, Rob, maybe, 
no guarantee on that one. So uh, at this point, you're hoping people learn lessons, right? Like, okay, it's like, you know, if you have somebody in your family, like Dustin, Dustin, the cocaine abuser who abuses cocaine and they keep blowing it. Sorry, Dustin, I don't mean to single you out. I love these analogies. I, I love, love when you go analogy Unintended. I got to work with John. I use it. You know, when, when somebody in your family keeps blowing it, you can't. I feel like, like I'm on an episode of Snowfall. Uh, well, hey, <laughs> let's let's watch Scarface after this. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, anyhow, you know, you can't fire your family, right? And so, in some ways, since we know that Rob and Darwin probably aren't going anywhere for at least another year, probably until uh, you know, LeBron doesn't isn't a Laker anymore. You just have to hope they learn the lesson and like improve their life a little bit so that they stop abusing cocaine. Dustin, get help, and. That's 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 where this is at. There's 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 no magic bullet that's gonna fit. There's no magic trade. There's nothing that's gonna flip the the prospects of this team around in in one or two moves. This is gonna be a managing this season right, however poorly it ends up, managing this season correctly, and then managing the summer correctly. And if we nail both of these, I think we get back to where we were about when we won the championship. But I I personally don't expect that to happen. So that means you're in for, after this season, likely another season of pretty me- mediocre basketball. Uh, before, I feel like that would be enough. If two seasons in, like Rob can't construct a playoff roster that succeeds around LeBron and AD in the regular season, she would have to fire him. I don't care how much she likes his hair. You would think. You would think. You would think. think. Joe, I mean, are we too hard on the front office? You and I have been really critical of the front office. Kenneth says we should be more respectful. And I I, I respect Kenneth's opinion on that. But, you know, his association with Kobe aside, I really think it's it's just Jeannie. It's the entire front office. The Rambi. You know, I got to include Jay Moore. I'm I'm including Jay Moore into the mix (laughs) now. So, you know, I, I really think it's an issue from the top to the very bottom. We played Orlando tonight and won. I know, but you know, everybody seems to be focused on the way we've been playing lately. They're Uh, disregarding what we did tonight. uh, I don't know. I, (laughs) I don't want to talk about Jeannie anymore. Rob and today. I don't even want to say the R word. Okay, wham, wham, bam, Joe, tap out, because I got a lot to say about Jeannie. I, I, I don't, I don't, I want, I want the. Uh, I already know who these people are, and I think our, our our audience knows who they are. I don't think people in their forties and fifties, unless they're recovering uh, narcotics people, I don't, I don't think those type of people change. So if you guys are expecting change, you're going to be sadly disappointed. Uh, they've, they've, these are who they. This is how these guys have operated. They've been successful doing it. We're the casualties of the bad decisions because we we lose out on LeBron's every every game that we butcher is one less game LeBron can the LeBron era can go into a title contender and of well, course every every injury that AD has 
eliminates that as well. There's no mar there was no margin of error, and these guys did not factor that in in any way, and they're obsessed with the future, and I don't know why. Uh, they don't. They're not getting the right deal either. It's it's just a. There's a no-win situation here, and that's ultimately what what the the assessment is. Sean, you said you have a lot to say, so go for it, my friend. Uh thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> you know, I I understand that um, at the heart of the matter, see, the Lakers are a global brand now. They don't just don't belong to Southern California anymore. They they belong to everyone. Um, however, for the past, like Joe said, probably since the time they've they've owned the damn thing, but from you know from about twenty twenty five years on, I've I've always thought that unless unless you're in the uh, the three two three or the two one three whatever area code. Uh, for Los Angeles, uh, she doesn't give a damn what you think outside of that. And I'm starting to think that's more more true by the day now and by the year that she ultimately doesn't care about what anybody thinks outside of Southern California about what she's doing with her product. Uh, secondly, it pissed me off that a few months ago, she was on uh, an interview with uh, Rich Eisen, and um, the best way to describe uh, an interview with Rich Eisen is if you were in being interviewed by one of the uh, Powder Puff Girls. That's, that's that's what his questions pretty much amount to. No pushback after after a question, and just moving on. She basically said that the reason that she receives the criticism she received because of sexism, which is just a giant load of, you know what, Gerald, because she won't accept any constructive criticism about the job she's done. And yeah, there are some meatheads out there who just for whatever reason, love to it, love to uh, love to shake the tree. But she just does not want to hear that she's doing a bad job. She doesn't want to hear it. At, you I, know, I, Joe, I just, Joe, I, I'm going to say that maybe some of it is based on that, but I'm going to tell you most of it is based off the number 17. When you win 17 world championships, the fan base has a certain level of expectation, whether it's fair or whether it's unfair. It's a level of expectation that this team is supposed to be at or near the top every single season. And so when they're not, the fingers start pointing real quick. It's just what it is. And when you're and you know, when you're when you're the governor of a team that's worth seven to eight billion dollars, one of the most recognizable sports teams on the planet that's won 17 world championships, there's a certain level of expectation you're gonna have from the fan base. Again, whether it's fair or not. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. I I think that uh you know both both uh external forces and internal forces have turned this around and we are a legacy franchise and there is a tradition here of winning. <laughs> or some of us understand that we can't win it every year and we can't even be in it every year, but we make the playoffs just about every year 
And in a couple months, it'll be February 2023. And it'll officially be 10 years of her owning this franchise. And here's the resume. In 10 years, the Lakers have made two playoff appearances under her ownership. One of those playoff appearances netted a championship. The other one was because you won a play-in game and were able to advance to a first-round defeat. So you didn't technically, you didn't even make the playoffs twice in your ownership. You really only made it once. Now, um, Joe said something very interesting, um, not last podcast, but I believe it was the podcast before where uh, the 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 wise man spoke about how you know we don't live Joe you know, we don't live in vacuum man. we don't live in vacuums anymore and he was right about that but there are certain people who still want to live in their bubbles and okay. and no no amount of controlling or coercion will force a person <laughs> out of their bubble and you know what Joe Joe's hundred percent correct when he said these are the people who we think they are. Uh, Jeannie's going to stay in that bubble. She doesn't give a crap about anything outside of that bubble. And as long as people are telling her that the bubble is safe and warm, uh, she's not going to make any changes. And well, Go ahead, well, Gerald. I, well, I just want to say, I mean, when it comes to this team, there are a certain level of expectations. Just when you have let's say let's take a team that that doesn't have those level expectations let's take a team like i don't know uh, let's say pick pick a team pick a team that's not the boston celtics or los angeles lakers who doesn't have 17 banners in the raft the indiana pacers the indiana pacers they don't have those level of expectations so their fan base expects something different than we do whether it's because we're spoiled, whether it's because we're selfish, you can throw all those superlatives out at Lakers fans because after 17 world championships, it's just who we are. And, and it is, pro- you know, people say we're spoiled. People say we're this. A lot of people are right when they say that about our, our fan base because of the fact that we've won so much. When It's a natural human tendency. When you win so much, those things happen. So, uh, Joe, let me get Joe in here. I mean, Joe, when you when you talk about as far as the fan base and Jeannie, I mean, if she says it's unfair, I don't think so. When you when the the, the deck is stacked as far as what you have, what you own, and your record as a company, as an organization, the expectations are higher than let's say in Indiana or a San, uh, maybe the Sacramento or another team like that. I I that brought this up at the beginning of the show where we're not my issue with Jeannie and Rob are outside the basketball operations. They are there. There's a, there's a sleaziness that has occurred and it keeps occurring. There's a sleaziness about the way they operate and we're caught, we're caught in the middle of it. We're caught in the middle of the fact that we love the Lakers, but the leadership of our beloved Lakers is being run by sleazy people. That's the that's the nice nicest way I can put it without putting in some expletive or something that could be misconstrued as you know 
harsh personal type comment. Personal comments, those who usually balk at why you making this personal usually are affected by the truth. They're affected by the truth. When you tell someone the truth of who they are, it's very devastating to them because either there's two things that happen. Either they just realize what they were or they already know it and somebody actually called them out on it. It is a, it, it is very enlightening and it's a very hard thing to do to be secure enough in yourself or confident in yourself to tell someone who they are. It's very difficult for people to do that because what happens is there's a deflection. There's a, there's a, there's a response in that they start getting defensive. They start telling you things like, who are you? They start projecting. And that's what Jeannie is. She's, she's a, she's a child in a grown-up world, in a grown-up body, running a very, very grown-up business. And she's tweeting at 2 a.m. like a slumber party girl talking to her friends. This is, this is unacceptable in business, in my opinion. You, you know, you're not supposed to do stuff like that, especially a business like this. And then you have the second-in-command. Let's say she's the president, right? And you have your general who's nowhere to be seen. Where the troops are looking for their leader and he's nowhere to be seen. You have your lieutenant, your sergeants, and then you have your soldiers on the court. Where's the general? He's hiding somewhere because he's worried about being booed when they have that stupid kiss cam on, <laughs> on the, the, the Titantron, right? So, of all things a, I ran about, well, it's, it, it's, it's Joe. Joe's correct. Well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to break this up a little bit because I, 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 th I feel like we've. Well, we've, you've been called Joe the Wise and Joe Soccer. We've worn out. On we've worn today. this out so much to the point where that terry cloth is now. <laughs> now the 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 strings are coming out. With Sham Wow, you can absorb all this water, and don't worry about it. Wolves <laughs> also absorb the Lakers losing the, 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 Sham Wow. The great thing, what would be great now. And this is the next level of the of the show, is our voices resonating through the interweeds, and us having a a following that that is relevant to many, so that when when we get to that level, and these are the things that are happening, they're gonna hear it. They're gonna hear something different than some schmuck talking about how somebody's washed. Wow, that's really, really enlightening. He's washed. What else you got? You've been in this game 40 years and that's all you got? Maybe it's time you retire. Bring something new to the table. Bring something new. And stop being so scared when telling the truth. Tell the truth. If somebody has a problem with the truth, tell them to eat ass. Gerald, Gerald. That's, that's I, I... the theme of the night. <laughs> Profound words. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? 
Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I want to get to Jamie and John's, but go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, Gerald. I I also wanted to uh, to to uh, what what Joe was saying there. Piggyback off it a little bit. Don't like there. So there are only thirty teams in the NBA, and and you as of now. Yes, and well, soon to be thirty-two, and you want to uh, have as much access as you can to to each of those tribes. Don't you think a, a lot of what's about the the let's say the depressurization that Jeannie's facing has to do with these people wanting access to her and and being able to uh, being able to say that they can have access with her as opposed to telling the truth about this situation and she would completely cut off their access because isn't that what happened to Ramona Shelburne? Ramona Shelburne used to be the the number one um, Lakers reporter, and after that whole Rob and Magic saga, they they pretty much cut off her access, and you didn't hear from her at all. So I think well, that's okay. She she's on the NBA general beat now, and then of course she's oh is she that, no. and then of course okay. she's doing uh, she's. Uh, with her, the podcast she made on Donald Sterling, it is now becoming an FX movie, and she's actually uh, one of the people, executive producers behind that. Yeah, so don't feel. She's too also on ESPN Radio. Yeah, yeah, she does the local radio LA. voice. Yeah, yeah seven Yeah, don't don't feel too bad for her. But no, uh, just well, no, no, yeah. it's not. It's not feeling. It's not feeling bad for her. It's just kind of. Uh, She's I very think, good at what she does. Yes. What, so what, does I that think, have to, what does that have to do with what Sean said? You, no, I just wanted it because Sean didn't know that Sean was like, okay, she was uh, made persona non grata by the organization. Yeah. And so I'm just telling you that, okay, she has fallen on her feet. She found a, a, a way what, out. That what, 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 does that have to, what, what does that have to do with Sean? I, I'm just letting him know because he didn't I don't want to hear her resume. I want to hear what you heard it. Saying. He's made a point. You heard I, it. I can, yeah. I can bring it up point. on LinkedIn. Hold on a second. He made a very good point that you guys it went through your heads. Okay. He said that because look what happened when Ramona said something that Jeannie didn't like. Pop culture cosmos. But yeah, pop culture cosmos, right? Yeah, she <laughs> she uh she uh asked for a pass back. We now we got oh well Ramona's married and she has ten kids and <laughs> I'm just letting him I'm she's, just letting him know because she's base jumping. Know. I'm like, what, Joe, what does that have to do with what he's team. saying? Listen, listen, Aristotle. Okay, I'm letting you know, <laughs> all right, Socrates. Yes, we know that if you speak if you're in a, a position of of confidence within the Lakers organization and you say something different. It's like all these organizations. They'll they'll make you persona non grata real quickly. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think I think more and just springboarding off of that, but more to the point is when they talk about her, okay, when people like Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, Bill Simmons, um I could go on and on. Whenever they talk, when whenever they talk about <laughs> about Jeannie Bus Gerald, 
they they say the following. Well, Jeannie Buss, oh, just a beautiful woman, just a very a very nice no, lady. They never t- they never talk about her IQ, Gerald, and and I don't think it's sexist or misogynistic of me or anybody else kind of point pointing this out that she has been around basketball since the seventies. Yes, you cannot tell me she doesn't know anything about basketball. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you there, but but the consensus amongst most people is that that the knowledge just is not the forebrain. It's not here. It's uh, I don't know about this that, is the I... fertile lobe. This is where critical decisions are made, not back here. Here, and so you because Marv, here. because Marv Albert's been in the M- was in the NBA for almost fifty years. Are you going to put him as a GM for an NBA team? No. So Jeannie sold LA laser tickets and circuses during the offseason. Am I now supposed to put her in as a as a as a I didn't say that, but I just said she can't you cannot tell me or those people that said she doesn't. You have know a new nickname that. now, G. It's Gerald Resume. <laughs> you know, Socrates just... You need I just to wanna, stop. Can I just uh, say something about this real quick? Can I just add to this real quick? Uh, who who uh, left? Oh, John left. John, John oh. left. Sorry, bye, John. You, 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 you just John's done. John's done. He's well. You know, this is, <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're an hour and ten in. He might have had to hit the head. Listen, I, I'll say this: a lot of the people that are dumping on Genie now are probably the exact same people. We can go back and watch them on ESPN, being like the first woman to oh, do, do, do all the wonderful things. So. First off, all those talking heads on ESPN who are paid to fill time, really nobody should listen to. They're they're there to fulfill a function. They're not they they probably don't deserve the job they have. They probably don't you know, what did Shannon Sharp played football? What does he talk about basketball? Like if we're going to like equate things of that nature in that way, then that's just absurd. Thanks, we, Joe. Then nobody yeah. nobody By should way, probably have the job they're doing. By I the way, go... thanks, Joe. Now the stupid nicknames are going to follow me around. Appreciate it. Well, you get Socrates and Aristotle. I get curriculum vitae. Thanks, man. <laughs> or, or, hey, it's better than LinkedIn. <laughs> listen, you are uh, what you repeatedly do. Listen, no, I, I, I don't I agree. Not, I will not. I will not criticize. <laughs> that, that was from Aristotle, not me. <laughs> I will, I, thank you for that, Joe. And, and go with Aristotle. <laughs> Socrates had to poison himself because of his free thinking. So. You know, don't 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 go down the same path as Socrates. Aristotle lived a long, healthy life uh, for the time. You'll always be Socrates to me. That's my generation. I, uh, Socrates. <laughs> so maybe we should call Joe Hemlock then. Oh boy, no, no, we want Joe around. Listen, let me just say this about Judy Bus. I don't question her intelligence. I think that what okay. I question is is her will, her will to move past what is comfortable for her and her family. You're either looking out for your family and their financial interests, or you're looking out for the Lakers. And it has become obvious over the last three years that those two are no longer wholly intertwined, that the, the, the well-being of the family and the financial security of the family, the bus family in specific, takes precedence over her job and her responsibility as the owner of the Lakers. This is what led to not signing Alex Caruso. This is what led to not getting something back for Dennis Schroeder and burning a first round pick on a trade we didn't need to make. And and these decisions are what are haunting us today. 
are what are affecting the team still to this day. And so that's that's what I question. I think that she's got a great mind for business. I think mm-hmm. she's got a great mind for, and I don't care if she's tweeting it too in the mail. You know, what's his name? Mark Cuban tweets about his team. Nobody gives him a, a pile of Duke on his doorstep. So I don't care what people do in their free time. But if if you don't have the will to win, and I, and that's what I'm questioning right now. I, I think that she loves the idea of the Lakers. I think she certainly loves the historical connection her family has with the Lakers. But they're not like the team that started the Lakers. They bought the Lakers. And someday they'll sell the Lakers. And what she's got to start to come to grips with is to decide at what point in the timeline is that going to be? Is it going to be like while they're maybe riding high and on top and when it's highly valued? Or like a couple of years of slippage and maybe it drops, you know, $5 million or whatever. Because they're going to make bank no matter what. It doesn't matter how bad the team is doing. Even when it was not getting to the playoffs with, with you know, Kobe and the kids and then Kobe retired. We were still the most valuable franchise on the face of planet Earth two years running. So the, the idea that, you know, her, her intelligence is almost beside the point. It's a question of what do you want and what are you willing to sacrifice to make your family uncomfortable, to make your personal life uncomfortable in order for your job to be successful. And frankly, that's a question that a lot of Americans face, just not on the scale or under the microscope that she faces it on. But she's not the problem. She's the one who signs the checks. And if she's really stopped Rob from making a trade, I'm going to have to agree with her. I think the Buddy Heald trade for Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks is a bad trade. That's a bad trade. That's not getting value for Russell Westbrook. You get more value for Russ if you simply let his contract expire because then you can keep at least the two or three good players on this team next summer, which you will not be able to do if you fill that money up with players who are still on the team. So, like, everybody wants to, like, throw LeBron a pity party. LeBron's fine. He made a choice, too. He wants to stay. It's not because of the team. It's because of the city. And to say anything otherwise is ridiculous because he could have said, you know, he could have applied pressure. He could have maintained leverage this whole season. Every little thing he said about, well, we don't have lasers. Imagine if LeBron hadn't signed the the extension this summer. And then the first thing out of his mouth was – after the very first game, well, we don't have a lasers on this team. A lot of lasers on this team. Don't have a lot of shooters. Can you imagine the 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 the, the pushback? Can you imagine like how that would have been broken down and scrutinized? Oh well, he won't sign the extension until we get shooters. Fifteen news articles on thirty-seven different channels by two hundred and fifty different people. Like, come on, like the fault is. From the top down, and sure, GD's the owner, and like, like in all things, you would imagine that the buck stops with her. She made a good choice in not making that trade for Russ, and I would also say that Rob doesn't have – he can't push back. He's a yes man. So I would argue that the worst decision she's made is who she surrounds herself with her in her decision-making process these days because it's terrible. There's too many people. You either let the GM make GM decisions or you don't. And fire the GM and say it's like a GM group or whatever. Like it's GM by democracy or whatever they're they're trying to do. But I don't know. I I don't mean to defend anybody, but I don't also think it's very fair to paint people with a brush that we're not willing to paint everybody with. And so if we're going to paint Jeannie, who has won as many championships as Mark Cuban has as an owner, uh, with the, we ought to paint them both with the same brush. And we won't even get into the Indiana Pacers who have won zero 
or OKC, who has won zero, or a lot of teams in the NBA have won zero. She, at least to her credit, with the team that she was the owner of, full bore has won. And just like, you know, you can't take Rob's championship away from him or Danny Green's fourth championship away from him or any of those guys who won it in the bubble, it's going to go in just like that championship. So I don't know. I, 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 I always thought this was a burn season anyhow <laughs> after the rust trade in the summer thereafter. I, I, I thought it would take two, three, four years to climb out of those decisions uh, because we have no tools. And so now we got to build tools, find tools, get tools, rebuild the house, and that's going to take a couple of years. And so I, I've already, I already gave up on this season a long time. So let me ask you this. Sean <laughs> I, mean, said it I best. did. I did. Well, Sean said it best in one of the emails recently that you were going back and forth on a Lakers fast break at Yahoo. And he mentioned that in t- roughly 10 seasons, she's been owner or yeah. governor, however you want to phrase it. Sure. Two playoff experiences, one championship. So do you consider that a success or do you consider that a failure? It depends how you look at it. I mean, from when she became, oh, let's, 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 that's to say that like the incoming. It's roughly pres- 10 seasons now. Yeah, sure. But I mean, the first two seasons were the $26 million extension seasons that her brother gave Kobe so that we had zero cap space to work with the $16 million Luke Walton contact that people love to, uh, to that people love to do, dump on and, uh, and, and things like that. And the Luol Dang, Timothy Mozgov trades, uh, or, you know, she had to dump all of that team to build a team to mess up. <laughs> we just stopped paying for Luol Dang. We just stopped paying for Luol Dang, which was all Jim Buss. Now, if you want to say the Buss family and paint the Buss family with that big broad stroke, I'm all right with that. But I, I think that like, like a successful president coming, like a president that comes in after a terrible president, the first two or three years of your job is just cleaning up the mess the other president left. And you can argue that's true of pretty much every president, that somewhere either in America or on planet Earth, one president leaves a mess for another. And so you, you have to like make it how you have to clean up the house and repaint the house and rebuild the house. Where I do follow her is for allowing a championship roster to be dismantled uh, over two seasons. Uh, and that's everybody's fault. That's Rob's fault for thinking it was a good idea and bringing it to her. It's it's the Rambi's fault for at least a majority of them, one would assume, signing off on it. And now, evidently, we can blame the younger brothers too because they're in on this whole this whole shebang. So, and I don't know, maybe there's a van. Don't forget guy, Jay Moore. Yeah, don't forget Jay Moore, and don't forget uh, you know, who lives in a van down by the river. I'm quite certain of. So, you know, this is this is where we're getting, and this is my problem, right? And and this is where I think maybe like, you know, the ivory tower concept does come into play a little bit because if you have to insulate yourself with a small group of people to feel like you can do your job. You might need to, you just need to cut away some of that fat. It needs, you need to streamline this process. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. And it's you who, who you, 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 you see who to do, who to blame, what to fix, how to, how to repair something. Uh, But what I don't think is that, I mean, I'll never question anybody who can run a business the size of the Lakers intelligence. I just question her, her will to spend and compete at the level owner, other owners are willing to spend and compete at in these modern times. You can't live like it was the nineties and you can spend a large amount of money and not really get a punitive luxury tax. Like that's not, you're not, you're not building a team in that era anymore. You have to, you have to adapt just like a coach who loves old school post basketball. 
either has to not get a job or adapt to the three-point line being a, a featured weapon. So, you know, if you don't adapt, you die. And, you know, I know Joe's a businessman who runs his own business, and I'm pretty sure that he's had to adapt a few times over the years uh, to varying conditions. And let's see what the Lakers can do to adapt. Right now, I just don't have a lot of confidence in, in any of them. Uh, I, I wouldn't want any of those people who are in the front office now to be in charge should she leave. So, or, you know, who, who are we replacing Rob with a, a bus kid? Like, the, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a whole bunch of problems and they, they don't, they start and end with that whole room of decision makers and they need to pull their heads out of their ass. Yes. As uh, so the episode has gone. <laughs> Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do pull away for a 129 to 110 victory over the Orlando Magic in Orlando, going to now 14 and 20 on the season. The Lakers look to go to 15 and 20 tomorrow in Miami. We don't know the status yet of LeBron. His LeBron's words to Mike Trudell after today's game and after today's uh, performance, where he was 28 points but 0 for 7 for 3. I'm playing the second night of a back-to-back at Miami tomorrow. His quote, I'll know tomorrow when I get up. So we don't know the status of LeBron. We'll try to keep informed, keep in tune with Twitter at Lakers Fast Break, where I go ahead and we'll update the, the status of who is playing and who is not tomorrow in Miami. Joe, any thoughts on today's game, final thoughts, or maybe tomorrow on the prospect of, of what we could do back-to-back? Let's say we do win back-to-back. You know, that the... the episode besides the word ass started also as well with the prospect of people not being encouraged at all or being impressed with today's victory if they were to go tomorrow and win back to back with or without lebron would that be something at least a little bit of being maybe that would be kind of impressive to you well they're not they're not winning the game tomorrow unless lebron's playing so i'm hoping lebron plays if lebron doesn't play then we go back to this team isn't just is not really taking this seriously anymore. You you, ha- you you don't have no room for error anymore. You have to play. And if you're not going to play to win games like this, then I don't see any point in showing up to do anything. What, 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 do you, what, what what's that going to accomplish? We need to, they need to get to, to 500 soon to have a shot at doing anything. You're talking about a team that's 13th in a conference of 15. You're three slots below the damn playing. Where, where are you, what, what you're going to start winning games in droves in January? Is that your plan? Are you going to win five games in a row when you do the Grammy trip? Or are you going to start playing basketball after the all-star game? What's the mentality here? You don't have that kind of team. AD is not a player that's going to come back and then you know he's going to finish the year off. No. This isn't Shaq taking 15 games off during the year and then all of a sudden, as soon as he shows up in February, oh, well, I'm not worried about this team. Those That, that, that team is only one. That was a one-off. That Kobe-Shaq team is the only team I ever saw that could turn it off and turn it on whenever they want. The 90s Bulls never turned it off. They were on 100%. The Spurs were the Spurs. The LeBron Miami teams, they were, it was LeBron in his prime. 
Uh, Golden State, they didn't turn anything off. They were winning 60 games, 70 games. Only one team, only one dynasty, only one era of phenomenal basketball that I see a team turn it off and turn it on. So if you think you're going to be able to turn it on with this team, I, I you guys are not even going to make the play-in. So make, make sure you guys back up what you say. See, I, I if you pay attention like I do, don't 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 do this, and then all of a sudden I find out you're doing this where it matters. LeBron better play tomorrow. He better play the whole Florida trip. Otherwise, we're going to get on tomorrow night and probably be talking about a loss. Which uh, wouldn't be good. Uh, I do know uh, Gary was asking about the official status for Jimmy Beller. He is listed officially at this time as questionable. I know he didn't play last night's game, but I have a feeling if LeBron plays, he will play. So we'll see. I think it all depends on how LeBron gets up tomorrow morning. So <laughs> if he gets up in Miami, it might be slow. I think, you know, we talked about Joe brought this point up, uh, I think, two games ago when most of the Lakers sat the game out. Uh, and it was after another back to back game, as I recall, on another back to back game, as I recall. And that's, you know, what what is the accountability factor? And look, you know, are we going to. We've we've established this team has almost zero margin for error, right? Like, with or without AD, even this isn't a question of like, oh well, without AD, like it's you know, this team has almost zero margin for error. So any player that sits affects this team's chances of winning. And of course, if AD or LeBron or Russ or Austin Reeves, I would even count uh, sit it again drops that to considerably. So, you know, we're we're asking questions of a lot of the Lakers tonight. Like, what is your will to win? Do you, do you really do you really want to win the season or is the whole organization kind of looking at it as a burn season? And the more I watch this, the more I think they're kind of looking at it as a burn season, you know? They're they're okay to lose games on the second night of back-to-backs to make sure LeBron doesn't get hurt. They're okay with like if AD has a hurt kind of hurt foot or whatever, you know, whatever it is, that he should rest it for like a month or whatever. Like that's where the franchise and the NBA in general is at right now. And again, we talked about the people who are going to pay a lot of money in Miami to go and see LeBron James play against Jimmy Butler. And what are those people going to do when LeBron is like too sore to play? And like, listen, I've never been a 38 year old or soon to be 38 year old chasing a historic NBA record and trying to like win basketball games. So I, I can't imagine how he feels, but I do know what it's like to feel ripped off. And I would feel ripped off if I was a, a, a Miami Heat fan and saved up my coins and uh, dollars to go see one game next season. And then the guys who you really wanted to see go out one, one another don't show up if, if they could play. Uh, if you can't play, if you're really hurt, well, by all means. And get it treated. Do the right thing. But, yeah, this whole era of, the of, of I don't know if I feel like playing today, guys, uh, athlete. It's just it's just sad. And so I hope I hope they play. I hope they play. I feel ripped off because I was uh, supposed to go on a flight yesterday with Southwest Airlines and you see where that went. So where were we supposed to go, Joe? Well, I was supposed to go to Seattle. Oh, that's in <laughs> Good Seattle. Luck on that one. Yeah. Well, unfortunately that and about four thousand other flights by Southwest was yeah. canceled in the past few days. So we see what happens there. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Lakers do pull away 129 to 110. 
really great chat today. Thanks so much to Eddie, Terrence, Gary, Paul, Blue Magic, of course, always a part of a great part of what we do. Zangerstein, always got to give you a big shout out. Terrence Harvey, who started all, truly appreciate everyone part of it. Paul, again, like I said, big Utah fan still coming by here. We truly appreciate it. Always respect for anyone who comes from another team and brings a positive to the conversation, as always. Cannot thank everyone enough for being part of the world's best chat. Big shout out to John McCallion. Please go ahead and check out his John McCallion channel. He had to leave. He's uh, kind of feeling ill today. He's under the weather, so I hope do hope he feels better. He really tried to get it out for the entire show today, so I tr truly appreciate what he brought. And, of course, the madman from Toronto, the magic man, Sean Grice. I think we were, he was as here as long as his battery stayed out. So yeah. I think you wore out his battery there, Jamie. I think I'm going to have to blame it on you because he, he died during your, I mean, <laughs> he it's, died during it's, your rant, not mine. Oh, well, that's all right. I don't mind. You know, shot. If he dies shot. during my rant, it's my fault. Okay. Well, I apologize. Not really. Okay. I, I thought Sean had a lot of accurate things to say. And I know that yes. he wasn't really questioning her intelligence as a human being. I think he was questioning her decision-making process as it regards to the Lakers, which we all have ample right to do as fans. And yeah. it's well within our both our role and our purvey to do so as fans. So, Sean, if you get go come back and listen to the end of this, just know that I, I think I, I understood what you were saying. Yeah, you know, and I do I'll, too. I do too. So, you know, if you're upset about what Sean may have said about, about Jeannie, I, I don't think you should – take it as as well i think he was trying to to extrapolate what you were saying jamie as far as a, an overall picture on on how she is 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 running the organization but then yeah, of course I we agree. have joe so well go ahead, go ahead. no i agree i agree i just joe, want to know what i just what i really want to know is why you're going to seattle well i was going to go visit family my my, my son is a dentist up there so if you're Damn in the seattle man. area go ahead and dentist. check out my son he does runs a great practice up there it's yeah. mafia money, and don't you lie to me, Gerald. Well, my kids are up there. I'm uh, I'm here. So now I know why where Dustin Cocaine Abuser gets his. Uh, his what uh, is this talk of cocaine? Okay, if we had ass, <laughs> we had cocaine all over this show. My gosh, what are we doing to America's youth by listening to the show? Sausages. Oh, like America can blame us for what happened to its earth, its youth. Oh, Come that's on. true. That's true. Uh, Socrates, Aristotle, can you go ahead and and share some wisdom since you're Hemlock. the wise man before we head on out? Hemlock Abuser 22 uh, says, uh... <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Joe. You're on mute. Wise you're on man, mute, you're on mute. The crowd <laughs> is telling you that. The crowd, the crowd is telling you that. Okay. Uh, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't call myself Aristotle, so. Well, you were called Aristotle. Yeah. You were called Socrates. You were called I was called Socrates, but Aristotle is probably more accurate because, again, famous quote by Shaquille O'Neal. You are what you repeatedly do. The great, the big Aristotle, right? You remember that, right? After you yeah. won the MVP? Yeah. Am I, am I, am I did, did it, did it, did it work for you? He also sells pizza and insurance every now and then. Too. Yeah, I know. It's, he sells that, uh, what is that, the, the general insurance where there's a, yeah. there's a smell when you call after an accident? Go yep. with the general insurance. Printers. He also sells printers too and printering. Yes. Man's so what was your question? Smart. What was your He's question? Very Karen? smart. Do you have anything wise to to close it out with? Yes. You. Come Why? on, Aristotle. Well, uh, to, to play off of what Gary A just said, I might lose it, depending on how <laughs> play out tomorrow. LeBron doesn't play tomorrow. 
tomorrow. It, it's not good. No, I know. He's not going to play tomorrow. Good. I'll bet $5 right now. Anyway. You're conceding a loss. You you concede it. You, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. right, we're going to lose this game. What What is this? We're not right. 20 and 14. We're 14. You're getting paid right. 40. No, I know, right. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I understand you're 38, but. No, I, yeah, I know. But he's going to send it out. Yeah, yeah, you're getting paid $40 million, buddy. You better be showing up. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I'm not, I'm not am I, am I being unreasonable here? Well, the Lakers we had a whole have, but, we had a whole show about this point like two games ago. Like but, that was but the Joe. Yeah, no, no, Jamie, I, the I, AD is here. He's going to be on the court. Oh wait, he's not on the court. That's right. He's hurt. Nobody's going to be on the court. Like they're going to yeah. sit Reeves. They're going to sit. I, I think the, they're going to sit. Yeah. What is this sitting down? This is this is nonsense. The fact that Westbrook sat the Phoenix game was hilarious. This guy never misses games. Why did he? Oh well, he we're. Sat down. Game. Remember, he sat down two games last week. He sat yeah, down two games so far this season. Well, I mean, at this point, this it's just it's just going to be entertainment for the year. Other than that, there's no no substance at that point. I'm not I'm not taking the team seriously if they're not willing to play. Well, let's see if Joe loses it tomorrow. If LeBron plays, it is dependent, as he said on Twitter, or he actually said to Mike Trudell, Lakers reporter. It depends how he feels when he gets out of bed tomorrow morning. So Lakers fans better hope that he does feel good and does feel spry when he gets out of bed tomorrow. Once again, we thank you for watching and listening. It's been absolutely a fantastic chat right there for you. The world's best Lakers chat room is right here at the Lakers fast break. Once again, the Lakers do win 129 to 110. And we'll be back tomorrow. Remember our live watch party. The game starts at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. So go ahead and check us out. As John McCallion said earlier, of course, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And right there after YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, we're on a whole number of places. Twitter, we're going ahead and streaming live to Twitter as well. Right there for you at anywhere you can get Lakers Fast Break. Want to go ahead and thanks so much again, Courtside Lakers. On Instagram, we are now, as far as helping out on that Instagram channel, you can also follow us at Lakers Fast Break on Instagram, but we are actually going to be posting stuff on Courtside Lakers as well. So I want to thank Henry, who I'm hoping will be able to join us very soon from Courtside Lakers right here in our chats. He wants to go ahead and join the party. And I was like, well, Aristotle, Socrates, Joe Soros here. Are you sure you really want to? He said, yes, he's all up for it. So there you go. Absolutely. So we'll hopefully we'll be able to go ahead and, and have another voice in the mix right here very soon. And again, thanks so much to Courtside Lakers on Instagram for allowing us access to their great bevy of fans out there. And hopefully they will join us for more great episodes. Will Joe Soro get mad tomorrow? Will he lose it? Gary A is going to tune in. Hopefully you will as well. It is the Lakers fast break. We'll be back tomorrow night. After the game, after our live watch party with the Lakers against Miami. And we'll be here, right here, of course here, according to Aristotle, at the Lakers.